Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. Because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com slash goals24. That's Chime.com slash Goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Welcome to First Trade, the show where we're educating new investors and traders. We recognize that some of us are experienced traders and some of us aren't. That's why we wanted to level the playing field and make the markets accessible to everyone. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. What up, everyone? My name is Michael Murray. That's Rohan Makecha, and this is First Trade. Just wanted to welcome you guys to our fifth episode. Five episodes. Wow, we're really, we're moving along here. You know, one a week, time is flying. Today, we have an exciting episode for you guys, and I don't want to spend too much time messing around. Mike, I know you like to mess around, but we have an amazing guest. I'm not even going to, like, try and build up to it because, you know what? Austin Hankwith, financial TikToker. He's total, awesome. One of the best. He's total a Total finance badass. I don't know if he wants to be described that way, but I definitely think so. Awesome educator. And we're going to get into that. Yeah, no, I've, I've been watching Austin's journey now. Obviously, I watch all of his TikToks. The guy's awesome when it comes to financial education. And yeah, like I, I think he's one of the best out there doing it right now. I think he's, he's amazing at balancing financial advice with actually, you know, maintaining your money, keep staying safe in the stocks that trading and stuff, not just making money and, and, and doing well in the markets. But an actual financial preparedness too, knowing what you're doing, protecting the downside, growing your assets. For sure, he He's definitely got the whole package going on. He definitely yeah. talks about both sides, and I think that's important, especially for us beginners and noobs out there, Very to uh, to keep ourselves, you know, financially strong, stay yeah. protected, but still have fun investing. Exactly. Um, you want to hop into it? Well, you got any big weekend plans? Okay, folks, we record on Fridays, as you know, and today's not a Friday; it's a Wednesday. Yeah. It is Wednesday, my dudes. And um, <laughs> so the weekend plans, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about just like relaxing, getting some work done. Um, typical weekend, nothing crazy. I am looking for a place to live in Detroit, though, so I might spend some time hunting around. Any landlords down here? Let your boy Rohan know. Hit me up. All right, folks. It is about that time. Like we like to do over here at First Trade, we're going to bring you the best guests because you already know we got the best guests. You can't call them all the best guests. Of course they're the best guests. 
They're not all the best guests. No, they are like a sum of the best guests. They're all one part of the best guest. Yeah, okay, like I'm not saying fair. the best like guest that. of our show. I'm saying the best guest around. Oh, the best plural best guests. Yeah, I know. I okay. have to enunciate more. Sorry about that. All right, come on. Okay. Let's all get right, into right. it. Let's do it. The audience has been waiting. They don't want to listen to us. They're here for our amazing guest, Austin Hankwitz. Amazing, amazing guest. So excited to have him on. He's been on some Benzinga stuff before. I know he's worked with my pal Drew Levine. Um, but Austin is a TikToker, finance TikToker, who is just doing doing good stuff out there, educating. I think he'll have a really interesting perspective, especially for you beginner traders. You might have seen him on TikTok, and you're about to see him here. A legend. Let's bring him on. Hey, how's, Austin, how's, how's it going? going? Good, good. I uh, definitely not the best guest. I'm sure you guys are going to have incredible people after me and you've had some incredible people before me, but it's nice to meet you all. If you're watching, you probably have seen me on maybe TikTok and I've made a couple features with uh, YouTube stuff and maybe Patreon or just whatever's going on there. But long story short is uh, I picked up my cell phone about a year ago when quarantine happened. Super big into like Dave Ramsey and personal finance. And I was like, how can I share those ideas with everyone else? And I thought YouTube was the way to go. Turns out I'm terrible at editing videos and uh, <laughs> it doesn't work. So I was like, well, I, you know, what can level the playing field? What is everyone using to edit their videos and then sort of distribute? And that was TikTok. And so I uh, shared a couple of videos about stocks and personal finance and investing. But actually, the first one was about dividend investing, right? Passive income, uh, things of that nature. Did really well. People loved it and uh, just sort of built on top of that for the last year or so. Yeah, no, I'm excited. And I love how you just got right into it because I would that was going to be one of my questions. I'm glad you knocked it out as I was going <laughs> to I was going to say why why you chose TikTok. Um, and, you know, I actually, I think right here, if we, we should play his first TikTok, so we'll cut it in. So I'm sure you've heard from the coronavirus that the stock market is dumping. It is. But this could be good for us younger generations. Boomers have been able to invest in these dips. This was the housing crisis, mortgage crisis. This was the tech bubble. Here, this dip is the coronavirus dip. People think you need thousands of dollars to invest in the stock market. You don't. You really just need about 30 bucks. 420 blaze it. SPHD is a ETF that pulls together the highest paying dividend stocks, lowest volatility. They average 11% every year for the past six years, except for right now. This is what they contain. If you buy one share every single month for the next 12 months, you'll have invested $366, dividend cash paid to you 22, market value 423, profit almost $60. Let's pretend you're 19, you do it every single year till you're 25, only one share per month, market value almost 4,900, 35 total invested, that's a lot of profit, 88 shares, that's the dividend, cash paid annually $303. What was that experience like uh, posting your first TikTok? How did it go? It's a good question. I was nervous. And <laughs> as you probably all just saw in that video, my, my voice was nothing like it is now. I didn't have a personality. <laughs> I didn't have any confidence. It was just like, here's my dividend ideas. What do you think about it? Right. It was like just, you know, first time really putting out stuff like that into the world. Um, but it, I had some incredible feedback. I got like a million views in a couple of days. People were really excited Whoa. to understand what passive income, passive income means for them and how easily obtainable that is by investing into dividend stocks, right? So, I mean, people might be like, well, what's a dividend? And just simply put, it's a cash payment to shareholders for owning stock, right? So I own a share of Apple. And so Apple will pay me cash for owning that, that, that share of their stock. And that's really just them saying, hey guys, we appreciate you all being shareholders. We're just gonna take some of our profits in cash and just disperse it out to you all. So, um, and then, and again, that that's super simple, passive income. It's probably the lowest, you know, barrier of entry into that low hanging fruit into what passive income can mean. And uh, I think that's why it did so well. It just resonated with a lot of people. So 
there's a question that we pretty much have to ask every show. The name is First Trade, and so that's why we want to, whether it's a trade or investment, we would love for you to walk us through. If you remember, oh, whatever remember. that ticker was, <laughs> I remember. how it went. <laughs> he sounds knows. Like it sounds like he it's remembers. a pretty good story, so love to hear about your first trade. Okay, so the first trade was back in high school. What happened was me and a bunch of friends got together, and it was just right after... Um, so quick background is Dave Ramsey was, uh, obviously you guys know who that is. He has uh, a class that he teaches that, that um, high schoolers are able to participate in and better understand financial literacy and investing. So we all went through that class and we're like, yo, stocks are dope. Let's do stocks. And so um, the first trade we thought about was Apple, iPhones, oh, yeah. big stuff. We all have iPhones. You got it. How can we maybe profit from Apple creating iPhones? And we did some research online and we swear that we found the Chinese company that was creating the LCD digitizers for the next like iPhone four or five or whatever, six, whatever year it was, right? And I was, and we, it was a penny stock. It was going to be great. I was like, oh, it's like two cents. It's going to go to a dollar. We'll make all this money. Like, didn't happen. We lost all of our money. It's a terrible idea. But that, that, that was probably that first, you know, rude awakening to what, you know, just how, I guess, volatile stocks can be, how unpredictable and how risky investing into things that you might not completely understand can be. Right. And so that's why every time someone asks me about a penny stock now, we're just, you know, a micro cap company. I always make sure they understand just how volatile these companies can be. They're micro cap for a reason. They're penny stocks for a reason, right? If they had a lot of revenue or they had, you know, an awesome product that was global or selling or something, they wouldn't be trading at a $40 million market cap, right? So, but yeah, that, that was my, my first trade and uh, very, very fun, fun story to share with people, but it's... Uh, yeah, it was a swing and a miss. <laughs> I like where your head was at, though, because I was thinking, I was like, all right, Apple, pretty solid, invest in what you use. And uh, he digs and the, into like the company that you went into, like you, you did your like investigative research, and you know, not everything pans out. But I like where your head was at. That so was really swing and a miss, but it was a better swing than my first swing. I mean, I didn't even like have any research into my first, so I'm just like, buy. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even remember what I bought. I'm yeah, kind of on the same boat there too. So you're most well known for your content on TikTok, right? And as we kind of get potentially a lot of new beginner investors, the younger audience into um into investing from there where do you see TikTok taking a place in that do you think people stay on TikTok for stock ideas or where do you see them like graduating to i guess as they become more advanced most definitely i think now as cable television becomes outdated and networks like CNBC and Fox Business you know aren't really meeting people where they are which is the TikToks the Perhaps Snapchat. I never thought about that, but Snapchat's the uh, you know the Twitters, the Instagrams, the you know all that stuff, right? I feel like the traditional old financial media companies just aren't meeting people where they are, and I'm not saying that they have bad content. Obviously, they have great content, but I think a lot of people now are consuming their news, consuming their education, consuming every every piece of their just social whatever, um, not on cable television like it used to be ten years ago. And so how was, you know, how does TikTok contribute to that is obviously TikTok's not going away. Um, there's no ban on it, right? That was definitely a big worry, but no longer something <laughs> yeah. to worry about. Personally, I think that since it's such a low barrier to entry, there's going to be a lot of people that if they should be teaching stocks and personal finance and investing, 
probably not, but they'll still try. And they might have a, a you know a quick little run up or like a little get little got an audience from an idea or two, but eventually the cream of the crop rises to the top, right? And so as we as as time develops and as time goes on, we'll see more and more people try and jump in, maybe to sell a trade, maybe to sell a course, maybe maybe, you know, maybe not for the right reasons. And those people will likely be kind of pushed out, and, and the ones that have continued to be value added content focused on answering questions, focused on education, focused on understanding where their audience is and meeting them where they are, both from a education perspective and uh, social media perspective. You know, that means are we, are we hopping over to Instagram too? Are we hopping over to Twitter, like whatever that looks like. But as that continues to develop, I think TikToks, uh, you know, uh, stock talk, whatever uh, inside of the app will um, begin to mature a little bit. And people, I think, at least I hope, will be able to begin to see the differences between people who have been around like myself for over a year or those people who are just trying to make a quick buck selling trade ideas or access to a discord i want every every time i pull up a, a you know um maybe a financial report or some sort of information about a stock that i'm trying to relay to my audience i show them where to find it right if that's the investor relations page of a website if that's the sec reporting files like the raw files or if that's um maybe a press release on global newswire or whatever that stuff is right so i, I would hope that these people begin to graduate towards not just being inspired or blindly follow someone that creates content or has ideas, but then to look and find those ideas for themselves and then also act on those ideas with information that they've gathered in the process. Yeah. And that, that makes sense because, well, I mean, in general, right, you, you always want to recommend people to do their own research, do their due diligence. And, and that was that was part of it, right? Because TikTok, I feel like it's great because like people like you are providing really awesome due diligence, providing the research and the ideas together, right? So it's a really concise sure. way of presenting that information. And there's an element of who do you trust, right? Right. Um, because yeah. I mean, in finance, in, in stocks alone, um, you know, how many pump and dump sites are there out there? Um, Lots. I would know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So stock Twitter has been a thing for a, a while, but that's more of people who are experienced. Things like Reddit too. You know, Wall Street bets, obviously big in the big in the news big in the space it's not only that like tv was kind of dying in the background and people realizing it, it's like right in front of their faces now where you know the tv people are talking about wall street bets and how they're controlling right, the market right, right? Yeah. So when you're talking about you know social media influencing finance which is something that we haven't seen before because you know, tv's been dying off and not necessarily dying off but it, it's had like the predominant hold on like investing and, and the the thoughts and landscapes there but now we're seeing like Wall Street bets, you know, the, the social platforms being able to have an influence and a foothold in like what people think about finance. Do you see that happening with like TikTok or some of the other stock talk, some of the other social platforms being able to influence like moves in stocks and prices and, and fluctuations and stuff like that? Or do you think TV is still going to have the predominant hold in that for for the foreseeable future? I most definitely do. And yes, TV has a predominant hold in that. You know, CNBC, I think, is a very influential network. And when they have someone like Kathy Wood, or Chamath Palihapitiya um, on there, they will, you know, whatever they're saying, whatever they're talking about is going to be influenced. You know, it's, 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 it's we like to hear from, from these people. TikTok, Twitter, um, you know, it all just comes down to the spread of information, right? That it's the democratize, you know, democratizing information. It's no longer just found on CNBC or, or, or Fox Business or behind a paywall on the internet. If it's like Bloomberg, if it's Business Insider or the Wall Street Journal, it's now, it's a, it's a level playing field. And people are now able to under, you know, comprehend, understand, receive, get all the information out there uh, at scale. Um, the, I guess the only experience I have with this is uh, you guys, I'm sure, remember Nikola Motors and uh, the, the SPAC that merged with it. 
and I, I had a lot of people reach out to me about the SPAC and I was like, dang, this is really cool. Like they seem like they have a bunch, you know, billions in pre-orders and if they do anything Tesla did, their stock price would go up like crazy. So I made a video about it and it got like 3 million views in just a couple of days and their stock price went through the roof. And I was not sure if that was, if I had anything to do with that, but it's just that, you know, the spread of information on TikTok, it, it just spreads like rapid fire and uh, it's, it's crazy. Um, but I absolutely do see a world where information is taken um, from just every source of, uh, I guess, social, if that's on TikTok, if that's on Instagram or Twitter, or if that's um, on traditional newsletters or a uh, cable television. Okay, so I, I actually had a follow-up question. The app, Griffin, I'd love to hear you talk about that and how it might impact the future of uh, investing. So you download the app, you're able to sync up your debit card or a credit card, and then also your bank information. And so uh, you go shop at maybe Target or Walmart or Starbucks, you buy something and then they tack on an extra dollar. Uh, and that extra dollar is invested into the company's stock, making sure that as you know, consumers of products and services were also owners of the companies that produce those products and services. Super awesome. I, I love the idea. Um, I was introduced to Aaron, the CEO of Griffin, uh, a couple months ago. Um, we, we At the time, he was pretty close to my house here in Nashville, drove out, hung out with him, grabbed some beers, some chicken wings. It was cool. But I think what, you know, why TikTok and why that video resonated so well uh, on TikTok is first off, if anyone's spewing, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss here, but if anyone's spewing bullshit um, oh, yeah. online, uh, it, it gets sniffed out real quickly, right? If that's a pump and dump, if that's, you know, a, a, you know, let me just get rich quick, it gets, it gets sniffed out very fast. Aaron's app, Griffin, is very genuine. It's, it's the, the, the underlying mission is so everyone is empowered to invest. If it's a level playing field, right? It is, that's what, why I think it resonated so well on TikTok is we are, there, there are humans on TikTok across tons of different uh, backgrounds. And to have an app that can just, I guess, tick the boxes across all those different backgrounds and really resonate with people, people that can smell bullshit from a mile away, uh, just like everyone else can on the internet is, is meaningful. But, you know, as it pertains to what I see that sort of transcribing into is, is, is now everyone is able to have the opportunity to invest into the stock market at scale without having to worry about what do I buy? What do I sell? What was the name of that biotech company you told me to buy? What was the name of who, who's the next EV again? What's a SPAC? It's just like, live your life normally. It's a bottom-up approach, right? So like we've seen with Robinhood and, and Public and some of these other uh, online brokers, it's it's all, it's, it's a broker at the top and then they make it more human by putting in celebrities or social media or gamification where with, with Griffin, I see it as a bottom-up approach where it's like, you guys just live your life how, how you normally do, right? Go shop at Starbucks, go have your Netflix subscription, go buy stuff from Amazon. We'll just sprinkle in investing on top of that to bring you closer to where we, we, we think you should be. And I, I think that is what makes it truly revolutionary. I, I think that's really cool because it takes the thinking out of it. Yeah. And I feel like once you see the investing and once you see it grow, that's where it clicks in your mind where you're like, okay, I want to get into this. I think this is good, right? And I feel like it also plays into the psychology, too, of like when you're looking at, you know, your, your money and which stocks it's going into or which investments it's going into. I think it really brings the gravity in for people of like, wow, my money goes a long ways. I That's love awesome. that because the psychology is like it's bringing people to the point where they're realizing I don't need to be wasting money on this kind of stuff. I can just put more money into my stocks. And I think that's that's an awesome feature of it. I think it helps people grow. No, that'd be awesome to that. see. And I think it'll be great for introducing a lot of new investors, especially like that younger crowd, you know, like uh, whether or not they're of the 
18 year old woman yet or whatnot. But <laughs> they'll get there, you know? Yeah. Talking about new traders in this climate, because this is honestly, this has got to be like one of the most interesting times to be a beginner trader. And obviously, we've got so many new traders in the market, too. Everybody on Robinhood, everybody get into it with their, their stimulus money and the money they've got sitting around. In this market, since we've had so many new people join, and now we've had the corrections and the rockiness and the red days and the green days. What advice would you give to beginner traders on how to handle a correction, specifically like people who have just gotten into it in the pandemic and are now dealing with the rough patches of the pandemic too? What advice would you have people for brand new there? AKA me. <laughs> I guess there's two sides of this that I wanna try and answer. The first side is my, my main advice for someone new in the stock market is I want them to understand that they need to have a, a, a foundation laid before they jump in and say, let me just go invest thousands of dollars into stocks. Right. I want them to say, I have my emergency fund. I don't have $20,000 in, in high interest credit card debt. You know, I've got everything figured out. You know, I'm, I'm investing towards my retirement through a Roth IRA. Now with this extra $700 a month or now with this extra 4,000 or whatever it is for them a month, this is what I now want to invest in and trade with in the stock market. Right. Because once you have that foundation laid and you see you're down 20% in a day, like some of these companies have been or, or in a week, right. You don't freak out like crazy you're like whoa okay that's that was crazy but like worst case scenario i'm still retiring a millionaire because i'm i'm doing the roth ira thing and, I, and i've got i got my emergency fund no problems there um so that's the first big advice is like make sure you have this foundation laid where when these market corrections do come you're not over emotional because you need to pay your rent you're not over emotional because you have student loans you know what i'm saying um and then the second part of that is to make sure that the companies you're invested in you understand Right. I understand if you're a new investor, you might want to jump on the hottest SPAC or a brand new biotech or a really cool EV company. But it's also super important to understand what these companies do, how they make money and your investment conviction about them. Right. So if, if, if I see a company trade down 20 percent in a week or 30 percent in a week, I because I understand what the company does, I say, oh, sweet, no problem. It's now trading at seven times forward gross profit instead of 14 like it was last week. This is this seems like a great buying opportunity, considering that they're projecting great you know, revenue growth and, and high gross margins and things of that nature. Right. So lots of profit in the future. They're trading at a discount. Let's do that. Um, and but if I was a new if I was a brand new beginner and I didn't understand what these companies did, how they made money, it would be hard for me to really stay in the game and, and keep that long term mentality. Michael and I had talked about this a couple of times, too, is like in our first episode, we we're talking about all these, you know, meme stock traders or people getting interested in trading mean stocks, which I think is fine, honestly. But, you know, just like know what you're getting into. Really like, yeah, go have your fun, do your thing. But like, let's make sure we don't have 14,000 in high interest credit card debt while we do it. Right. Let's make sure exactly. like, yeah. a mortgage, you know, good call. And that's that's something I appreciate about you and your content, too, is like not only are you teaching about stocks and investing, but also balancing it out with like having solid personal finance, which I think is, you know, really important. And I think one of the more recent ones you posted uh, was about how do you choose how much to invest, like the percentages and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I might, my, I might even link to that in the description because I think, you know, we talked about it earlier in the show yeah. and you did a really good job of breaking it down. So I definitely recommend the audience go check that one out. That Dave Ramsey it. training shining through. That's yeah. right. There you go. <laughs> Showing up. Love it. Yeah, I feel like and playing off of that, probably our, our last question for you, I feel like really plays into the that uh, that topic of, you know, advice to new traders and how to handle the market and the corrections and having the balance of risk and also knowing what you're getting into. I feel like there's there's a way for new traders to take advantage of this correction in the market, but it has to be balanced with playing it right. 
right? Like you, you don't want to jump all in. You want to mitigate your risk. You want to, you know, protect your downside and not jump into anything one eye closed, you know? So in your opinion, what, what advice would you give to a new trader that wants to capitalize off of the correction? Because we've had, we have, had, we have had a dip recently. And in that dip, where do you see the potential for a new trader to make a profit or capitalize and get something out of this dip that we've seen recently? Most, most definitely. And just you know, so we're all on the same page, you guys say traders, if they're tra like trading, do that, all cool. I'm more focused on like investing, right? So we're doing like six, nine, 12, 18, three years perhaps. Um, so we're not just like trading on a week to you know week basis there, but right, right. Um, assuming, you know, it's a, it's a, how do investors capitalize on you know th this recent downtrend? I would say, and, and here's what I'm doing personally, is I'm, I'm identifying secular growth trends and I'm figuring out the companies that are operating best inside of those secular growth trends and I'm investing into them. So you ask, what's a secular growth trend? Super simple example is uh, the uh, baby boomer cohort, right? 3.6 million people turn 65 every single year and they will through about 2029, 20, 2030. That means it's a lot of old people. What do old people do? They go to the hospital a lot. They need to get their, you know, uh, activities of daily living, which means they maybe help with dressing, maybe they have mobility issues, transferring, things of that nature. Um, and so you find the companies that are helping serve this larger growing population who are doing that very, very well um, and invest in those companies. A great example of this is actually the company I just uh, stopped working for recently is Amedesis, ticker AMED. They, uh, they've been crushing it lately. They, they do, they're the nation's largest home health hospice and personal care company, right? So they have all those fun, you know, those three things that, that happen when you're older, all packed into one thing. So it's like, yes, the market's down, which, which pulls a medicine stock down and all these other companies stock down as well. But with that being said, we understand where these companies are going. They're operating in these really cool secular growth trends that aren't going away overnight. They'll be here for the next five to 10 years. How can we invest into those secular growth trends by investing in the companies that, this, that these trends will propel further? Right, so that's that's the emeticis in, the, in that that's the LHCG and that and uh, that that uh, secular growth trend of like the baby boomers. But another thing on the other side of that's like streaming services, right? That's the Roku, right? That you know things of that nature. That's what's what I'm doing. I'm focused on these longer term trends. I'm trying to buy quality companies as they dip down with the overall market pulling everything else down. Um, but but I'm confident as these trends continue to come to fruition in the next five to 10 years, the companies that I've invested into, uh, we'll see the upside in that. There you go, Rohan. There's your advice. There that's you what go. you want to do. That's what I needed. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 do, I do really appreciate that answer. And I think, you know, uh, Jack Hurley also, similar sort of thing he was mentioning with the secular growth trends. Basically, you know, watching out for those industries like energy or whatever it might be, you know, EVs, that's something that's like, you know, going that direction. But the point that I think was really important out of that is trying to find the company that's doing it the best, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So. Huge, yeah. No, that, that was great. Awesome, awesome to have you on. Love, it's been a pleasure. Loved having you on the show. Uh, loved hearing from you. I will be, you know, continuing to tune in from your TikToks, or to your TikToks. <laughs> 100%, oh um, yeah. But no, I mean, I actually, I. I really appreciate it. And um, quick question for you. I, I'd love to know what's what's next for Austin. You've been oh, growing God. a lot this year. So, yeah. you know, what's the, what's in the I know you so you just mentioned you you left the company. Uh, and so congrats on that. So what's next? Right. Um, I have this sort of overarching idea that, uh, well, maybe it's a realization. And I alluded to it earlier about uh, traditional finance being sort of tired, lazy, it's not meeting people where they are, it's, you know, Jim Cramer yelling at you on TV, or it's Fox Business trying to interview someone and it's boring. I just, there's, 
there needs to be finance content created uh, and distributed where people are. If that's TikTok, if that's Twitter, if that's Instagram, if that's wherever, right? So, you know, what I'm working toward over the next six to 12 months is creating some sort of finance media company with different personalities underneath of it that focus on almost every pillar of investing, if that's equities, if that's real estate, if that's cryptocurrency, if that's uh, alternative assets like trading cards or masterworks type stuff. Um, but creating this company where we, we create content that's digestible, understandable, and meeting people where they are. So that's that's my game plan for the next six to 12 months. I uh, can't wait to give you guys updates along the way. And uh, would love to have you guys on for sure. Dude, we'll be looking out Absolutely. for it. Absolutely. Sounds yeah, awesome, I'd man. take you up on that for sure. No, uh, no, that's awesome. And, you know, meeting people where they are is so important. Me coming from like a media and social media background as well. Like that's always been the biggest thing is, you know, serving the content to the audience where it's at. That's where uh, everything's headed. And I, I love your idea to cover every, you know, the spectrum of finance. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you create. Good luck with that. Um, if we can do anything to help, absolutely let us know. And I appreciate you coming on, Austin. Absolutely. Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. Good luck, man. Talk soon. See ya. See ya. All right, folks. Austin Hankwitz, solid dude. Great guy. He's been on Benzinga like once or once or twice before. Uh, shout out Drew Levine. You did the last interview. Um, but you know what? Uh, what a fantastic guest. Yeah, no, he was a fantastic guest. I mean, that was that was good information. Yeah, he taught us a lot. I mean, it was I, evident. It better. So I loved what he had to say about stocks and finance because, I mean, unlike me, and I know, <laughs> unlike me, he was very concise. He got to the point and he was providing that knowledge. But also, just for me, like, that man knows what he's doing. You can tell that he is a content creator. He's sharp, um, yeah. And he didn't just and like... He, he and was, he's a content creator and an educator, which is, yeah. which is why I think he does so well, which is why I recommend you guys... Check out his content, especially if you're beginner investors, because he really he gets right to the point, makes it easy to understand. It's like the best teacher you could have, you know? Yeah. Um, I love it that it wasn't just like general financial knowledge either. Like he covered the stuff that's in trend right now, the Wall Street bet stuff. Like how can how can the newer traders take advantage of the dip in the market? I love that because there's I feel like there are a ton of people that have just well, gotten and into he it. Brought, he brought a different perspective because, yeah. you know, we do have a lot of traders on here. A couple episodes ago, Hugh Henney, you know, we're also bringing in that investment side of things. And we want to yeah. make sure that the show... You know, um, whether you want to invest long term, whether you want to make trades, whether you want to do both, we want to make sure we're providing that info. And uh, I think Austin is a great guy to follow. Great guy. Great resource. If you want to up your investment game, check him out. Look for his new company coming out. Everybody. Should yeah, there we go. For that. I, I'm excited to see that, too. That's awesome. Um, yeah, super uh, pumped for him. And uh, hopefully we can, you know, maybe have him on again or maybe, you know, some sort of work. But that was great. That was sweet. It's a great interview. Before we let go of you guys, though, just a couple things. We normally like to just talk about where our portfolios are standing, where my very beginner portfolio is standing. So want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, no, I mean, mine is mine is doing decent, actually. Uh, obviously, it started red. It was a, it was a fucking catch-up week. Um, brutal the first couple of days. Uh, but then it tailed up. I had, I had a good couple of days in the solar stocks. Enphase really popped up for me again. Um, I'm still holding Dogecoin for some reason. I couldn't tell you why. At this point, it's like, what do I have to lose? You know. But I've got Enphase. Um, a couple of the other stocks I had did really well. Um, one of them is uh, Canopy, Canopy Growth. Nice. Uh, love that company. Still bought into the the cannabis field. And I'm getting back into Calavo Growers, which is actually what I'm really really psyched about. Avocado grower and shipper and distributor. Gotta love them avocados. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. It. Well, my you know it's been it was you know it was a, it was a mayo week for me actually maybe a mustard week. What's a mayo? What? You said it was a ketchup week for you. Yeah, what does a white and yellow week mean? Dude, it was just a dad joke, okay? What the f- 
<laughs> just let me be. <laughs> I did. I thought you had like a point to that. I didn't realize it was just no, a terrible no. joke. Well, it was a bad joke of mine, but let's talk about my portfolio. I have it pulled up here. How are we looking? Celsius Holdings. I was talking about it in the last episode. You bought it? I bought it. I bought in. But get this. I'm so proud of my one with this one. And I don't, I'm not going to get overconfident. But so here we go. Starting of the week. Last week, I was like, I kind of want to get into it. Starting of the week, yep. it was running up. It was 55, 60, 60, you know, and we had earnings in the middle of the week. And I'm just like, ah, it's just, everything I've heard is earnings can be risky. And but I also was fairly confident. Luke was talking about it, that they were going to do well in earnings. So I was really struggling. I was like, do I buy this or not? And I was like, you know what? You know, in the wise words of some other traders, even if I could grow, it's just not worth the risk at this point, right? True. Like, I, yep. I didn't have the appetite for that risk. So I was like, here's my guess. It's going to run up after earnings, and then for some random reason, it's going to drop off. Guess what it does the next morning? Did it run up and then it dropped off after earnings? Exactly. Look at you go. <laughs> Market so, pro. There, I felt so proud of myself. It went from like the 51 when I first got interested to, but I couldn't buy in because the market was closed. And then it went up to like 67 or something like that, almost to, uh, back up to its high, I guess. And uh, this was right after earnings. And then like three hours later after earnings that morning, it crashed down to like 41. Is that where you bought in? Uh, I'm a little bit behind. I'm at like 45 because I, I got it on the not uptrend. Not bad though. Not bad. I didn't, I didn't want to catch a falling knife, as they say. I, uh, I'm learning this terminology. Terminology too. Sexy. Yeah. Man. So like that's when the nice stock job. is dropping, but you don't know if it's going to stop. So yeah. Yep. So I picked it back up on the uptrend. Wait, now it hasn't stock, gone anywhere stock crazy. Talking about again, just mental exhaustion. Celsius, the energy drink. Yes, that's one what you could was. probably use right now. And so it is sitting. Oh, well, I just dropped back down to 45. Anyway, it's kind of been hovering around. It went up 47, 48. But I just have a feeling that this might pan out well for me. If anything, it was just a better place to buy in. Love the read though. There was self control. You didn't buy in before the earnings and just just see what happened. You held off. You went with your you went with your gut there. That's impressive. Yeah, it's hard to go with the gut, man. Yeah. And then I also got in BCRX. Uh, I bought. $100 of BioCrest Pharma because I'm on the biotech buzz and uh, that was just like seemed like the stock to get at that time but but Kirk's nice but Kirk's uh, and that's been going up and down but overall still in the green on that all right Solid. That, so you know we're making some recovery although I'm still losing big on Tor Torch and Huya oh yeah Huya was mine I won't comment on that so that's how our portfolio stand maybe getting a little bit better we'll see we'll see not you know I don't want to get too excited but Subtle with brag. that folks that is episode five of First Trade. We're chugging along here. Five episodes already. Woo. That's quick. Anyway, if you want to be part of the community, make sure you hop in, join our Discord. And also, it is important to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Why? That helps us grow. And if you want to spend time listening with your ears and you're tired of our faces, you can you know listen to us there as well Fair. or on your favorite podcasting platform. Speaking of Apple Podcasts, I put the challenge up last week. Whoever leaves the funniest review today, I would personally venmo them or pick get their info Dude, apparently then, viewers don't like money no i know i was shocked like cash fifty dollars that's fifty dollars to write two sentences or something like a meme on on apple Podcasts. and uh you know what people didn't take it up i don't know i'm just but gonna make we got like some we got accounts. some reviews and to those of you i don't bs around even though we didn't get the results i wanted i will send you the money so if you're one of the nine people who decided to take that opportunity and go for it, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, one, we appreciate you, but two, looking like your chances are pretty good. So let's pick a review here. One of nine? That's pretty solid. Wait, are you just going to pick from random right now? No, I said the funniest one. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> the first one, virgin trader here. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I am beyond pleased chance. to find information on trading that begins with my kindergarten training brain in mind. Seriously, I sat here with my notebook. I took a ton of notes. I'm a for for full disclosure, I'm a former teacher and mostly self-proclaimed nerd. So note taking is a thing I've learned a lot. I'm home full time. Uh, time to learn. I'm willing. Excited for each episode. Thank you. That's strong. Kiwi Rick. Kiwi Rick. Thank you. Appreciate that. And you know what? Me too. I'm right there with you. Glad you're enjoying the content. Thank you for leaving a review. Rohan's Appreciate also it. a virgin trader. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Waiting in line for tendies. Thanks, Rohan and Michael and the Benzinga crew for guiding me through my financial journey and embracing me as the Titanic sinks. All right. Ouch. That ended sad. <laughs> I, I feel it, though. I feel it. All right. I'm going to have to give it to Virgin Trader over here. It was just, it made me giggle and uh, appreciate your thoughtful review, Thank even you, though it was Trader. funny. Uh, so I will be sending you $50. So make sure to email me, Rohan, R-O-H-A-N, at Benzinga.com. And uh, if you have a Venmo, if not, we'll figure out, you know, whatever way you want that sent. But uh, appreciate you. Congratulations, and... Kiwi Rick. Congrats. Yeah, Maybe man. next time we do this, you guys will take action because I don't BS around. Dude, use the $50. Go buy a stock in Calavo Growers. That's what I would do. Nice. CVGW. All right, folks, that was a good one. Uh, I think that just about does it for this episode. We're going to wrap it up. And uh, Mike, my name is Jeff, and I'll see you next week. Your name is Jeff? Wow. I didn't know you were actually going to do that, but I kind of like the way to end, the, end that as the show. What up? What up? What up? What up? Oh, that was. What? What is your ear shape like? Fucking pear? I don't know. Wrap up the 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 the, the what the fuck? Bye, that? daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details.